Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's November the 15th. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1965 and we travel to Rome, where a key document of Vatican II called Dei Verbum was promulgated. It is credited as having moved the Bible into the centre of Catholic life. It became one of the most respected documents and some see it as a highlight of the Council. Cardinal Avery Dulles said, it stands out among the principal accomplishments of the Council. It is admirably concise, but five chapters and 16 pages, which provide a thorough framework which reorientates revelation in the Church and within the life of each Catholic. It emerged after a difficult period in Catholic theology and scripture scholarship. Address the problem of the modernist crisis, see the pod of September the 30th. And a 35-year-old priest named Father Joseph Ratzinger, who had become Pope Benedict XVI, was very influential in writing the document. He was concerned that revelation was often taught as coming from multiple sources, scripture, tradition and magisterium, rather than being one source with multiple expressions. The works of theologians Henri de Lubac and Yves Congar shine through in the final document, and both have been theological exiles during the repressive years leading up to the Council. De Lubac wanted to draw the Church back to the four senses of scripture, particularly the spiritual sense, which he believed was an integral to the way that the early church fathers approached scripture. The four classical senses were firstly the literal sense, then the spiritual sense divided into three, the allegorical, tropological and anagological senses. The allegorical sense concerns how the Old and New Testament relate. The tropological sense is the moral sense. And the anagological sense concerns the soul's progress to heaven. And also, since the scriptures have one single divine author, they have an inner unity within themselves and within the life of the church. No authentic interpretation can ignore the place that a given text has in the scriptures as a whole and in the tradition. De Verben was intended to help Catholics read the Bible according to the mind of the Church. Christ at the centre of God's definitive revelation to man, and therefore is the centre of the story of salvation history that the Bible tells. The person of Christ does not merely arrive from heaven unannounced, but is the culmination of Israel's story, the fulfilment of her prophecies and hopes, and then Jesus of Nazareth founds a church to carry on Israel's mission of redemption in the world. So the start of the document spells out how the church receives, interprets and hands on that revelation. The Church's relationship with the Bible had been complicated. As early as AD 150, with the excommunication of Marcion, a 
bishop in the early church who rejected the Old Testament and Judaism, as well as large parts of the New Testament. He considered himself a follower of Paul the Apostle, who he believed to have been the only true Apostle of Jesus Christ, a doctrine that became known as Marcionism, and he published the first known canon of scriptures, which contained ten of the Pauline epistles, as well as a shorter Gospel of Luke, in brackets, the Gospel of Marcion. The Church opposed him and promulgated an orthodox New Testament canon to protect the integrity of the teaching of the Apostles. But during the Reformation, discussions around Scripture became divisive amongst Christians and at some point a matter of life or death. Then the intellectual currents of the 17th and 18th century had influenced the direction of biblical studies deeply. The historical critical method had been developed with the Enlightenment and was influential in liberal Protestantism and culminated in a rejection of the supernatural and so of all supernatural elements in scripture and claims to historicity were treated with scepticism. Hermann Gunkel had developed a method of the study of the Old Testament described as form criticism which looked for the original data that gave rise to the secondary context of the written form. Rudolf Bultmann, seapod of August the 20th, was the most influential New Testament scholar that looked at form criticism and looked to get behind the written documents to the period between the events of Jesus' life and the written accounts carrying presumptions that historicity is absent in the biblical text and that any reference to the supernatural must be a myth. The Pontifical Biblical Commission issued decrees between 1905 and 1915 which were cautionary and defensive. They were cleverly phrased and nuanced, which gave room for scholarly investigation, but the message was clear. The findings of modernist scripture scholarship and form criticism had no place in the church. This temporary freezing of Catholic biblical scholarship ended when Pius XII reinvigorated the scholarship with Divino Afflante Spiritu in 1943, which affirmed the need for textual criticism, for the study of Oriental languages and for the examination of character and circumstances of the sacred writer, the time in which he had lived, the written and oral sources he had used, and his forms of expression. History, archaeology and other sciences were to be employed as well as the study of literary forms. And Catholic scholars were encouraged to address themselves in service of the church, even to the difficult problems, and not to shy away and ignore them. With this new confidence of engaging with modernity, Dave Erbum attempted to demonstrate how the Church's Bible, the Church's tradition and the Church's doctrine were one harmonious whole, with Christ at the centre. The Bible is also the book of the Church, and with tradition flows from the one divine wellspring, who is Christ, merges with tradition and has the same purpose. Catholic exegesis, then, 
deliberately places itself within the living tradition of the church. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the figure of St. Hugh of Lincoln. And as we're coming to the end of our year of podcasts, it's unlikely that next year we'll be able to keep up producing a daily podcast unless funding allows it. If you wish to support us or you can suggest themes for series of podcasts for next year, please email us on pogppod at gmail.com. Our archives can be found at www.pogp.net. If you have time, please subscribe, share the podcast with friends. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for today's music and have a lovely day wherever you are. And thanks for listening.